to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society, Ontario's premier no-kill shelter. Bye, society. Bye, society. Burlington Humane is my society. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. My name is Doug, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Burlington, Ontario, Canada. On this episode of Burlington Humane, we're going to talk with Canadian Olympic figure skater Piper Gillis and talk about her dog Scout and learn about the bond she has with her. We'll talk with photographer Victoria Swartzel of After All Photography and hear about her focus of photographing animals. And we'll hear about all the latest news and events. So stay with us for this and much more on Burlington Humane. Piper Gillis is a Canadian dance figure skater. She and her dance partner, Paul Poirier, have won several medals at four continents and world championships and has been a member of Canada's Olympic team. Piper is an animal lover and has her dog Scout, who has become surprisingly well-known in the skating community. I'm here with Piper Gillis, who is Canadian Olympic ice dancer. Hi, Piper. Thanks for joining us here at Burlington Humane. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat today. Excellent. Now, I saw you at the uh, Autumn Classic in Oakville back in 2019. And there you won first place with your dance partner, Paul Poirier. Mm -hmm. And at the medal ceremony, you brought out your dog, Scout, onto the ice skating around the rink. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Scout. Yeah, well, back then she was still a puppy. I, I I had her for probably about four weeks at that point. So wow. was, we were really getting to know each other at that point, you know. <laughs> she was so new. Yeah, she was so, so young and she's well be more well behaved now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I felt like when I first got Scout, she kind of, she became my like an emotional support dog. And yeah. to have her kind of come out in the ice with me that day was really special because we just you know, had a great performance. And to share that moment with someone who makes me very happy on a day to day life was really fun. And I don't normally get to do that. Right. So it was yeah. a very special moment. <laughs> so what kind of a dog is she? What's your breed? Uh, she's a mini golden doodle. Oh, mini golden okay. doodle. Yep. And yeah. Did you get her? I actually got her from a farm in Ohio. I grew up with a lot of dogs, a lot of like toy poodles. And I, I knew, I know there's some families that raise, I have puppies um, in a family environment. And yep. as a kid, we, we used to breed like toy poodles. So like, oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Just, and it was so random how we started doing it. Because I knew the experience sharing that moment, I wanted to be able to get a dog of my own from that same sort of environment because mm -hmm. I felt that I trusted them and I, I felt like a piece of them, you know, came with the dog, right? You know, they raised them and a lot of her really good habits came from them. And yeah, I think it just, it, 
I like having that family environment, you know. And did you have to go down to the States to choose her? Yeah, I did. I was actually just so strange. I found her on, online <laughs> and my skating partner and I uh, earlier that summer were down in Florida and we were training and, you know, I've been looking for puppies for months at this point and she kind of came up and she was the last one left of the litter. Oh. And it was funny because my first, one of my first toy poodles, her name was Missy. And I loved her. She passed away like many, many years ago at this point. But her name, her name was Missy listed on the website that I found her. And I was like, this is kind of fate. Like my old dog named Missy. I'm going to obviously change it. But I was like, I feel comfortable <laughs> getting this dog named Missy that I don't know yet. But yeah, Pretty she's <laughs> it's funny story. You have to check out the breeder and the home, the environment that she was raised in. and Yep. Yeah. So I, I contacted her because I wanted to get to know and see what type of shots that she was getting. Like, has she gotten her shots already? Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the, the protocol things that you do when you're looking for a dog. And uh, luckily for me, we, I've been through that process and knowing what you need to do to right yeah because like sell a dog yeah exactly so I luckily I knew all those steps yeah so I think the only thing really when I got her we needed to get her her rabies shot and a couple other you know the normal regular stuff but all of her other shots were taken care of like I knew the, the mom was still at the farm when we went to go pick her up the father was a, a, a stud. It was so he wasn't owned by the family that um, so you can that had the puppy. Her, you can pay, t- trace back her pedigree. Kind of, yeah. Like oh. I've never done that, but I that's it's true though. <laughs> that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Family yeah, history so. for your first scout. Yeah, exactly. And then did you, did you have to do anything special to bring her into Canada? Um, we declared her at the border. But they, they actually didn't do too much as long as we ha- we brought our proof of purchase, proof of shots, proof of all that kind of stuff. And let, luckily at that point, dogs under under the first six months don't have to have their rabies shot to cross the border. Oh, so okay. for us, it was it was mm-hmm. pretty easy. And then we got that right away after. So she is legal to travel back and forth. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Now your schedule is so busy. But you still have to walk her twice a day, minimum, you have to feed her, take her to the vet. How do you manage all that on your tight schedule? Well, luckily, I have a partner who helps me manage the system of dog owning. I knew that if I just had Scout on my own, it would be a lot more difficult, especially with me traveling and finding people to take care of her. And I, I really didn't want to get a dog until I knew I had a stable environment to provide for her. So we kind of have a system like I do the morning shift and the feeding and that kind of stuff. And he has the evening shift. So we have our our schedule and it she runs us basically. If we don't (laughs) feed her on time, she's on us. If we don't take her out on time, she's more on schedule than we are. So (laughs) yes, exactly. Now, how has you you mentioned that Scout acts like a service dog or or a, a support dog? How is she how has that helped you as an international skater? I think it's just a reminder that when I come home, I'm not just the skater. I'm also just a human being that, you know, loves my dog and loves life. So I think when I come home, especially on like, if I have a bad day or just a tough, like, yeah, just a tough training day. She really just reminds me that like, it's okay. Like life is going to be okay. 
you can come home, you can relax. I'll be here with you. She's always by our, by our sides. Yeah, it just takes you away. And, and I guess you don't have to think about your sport, <laughs> I guess. As you get more famous, she brings you down back down to earth. She does. <laughs> she does. Because like, I, I still have poop. to do everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know we still have to do everything for her. So, you know, like it is very grounding and does bring you back down to earth for sure. <laughs> now, when I saw you at the Autumn Classic and you brought her into the rink and skated around the rink with her. How does that happen? Like, do, do, are you even allowed to bring animals into the skating rinks? Like, how, it, how was that all arranged? It depends. So when I first got her, I, my arena was very open, yeah. open with it for the first couple of months. And then at that point, it was like, it was like a puppy frenzy. Everyone in, in our group ended up getting a dog just around the same time. And then everybody was bringing their dogs in. And eventually we got the no more dogs in the arena warning because I mean, with Scout, luckily, like I have paperwork for her, yeah. but because I'm in a city arena, she needs to be an actual trained service dog. So she is no longer able no. to come with me to the rink. But some arenas I know are very flexible. And I think if it's a private owned facility, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And luckily, uh, at Skate Canada, I actually took her a couple weeks, literally the first weekend I got her, I was at our uh, training camp in August. And I brought her to the rink with me in the morning while we were getting showing our new programs to the judges and stuff. So a lot of people have taken it. Yeah, it was in it was in Mississauga. Yep. Um, And we do it every year. But I so because I brought her a lot of the people at Skate Canada had already met Scout. (laughs) So she became like the little mascot that season. So when I brought I asked if I could bring her there, like just put her in the media room. She'll be fine. And she was super easy. If I bring my kennel and She'll just go in there and be quiet and still, and you'll never know she's there. So they were amazing to let me have her that day. Um, And even at nationals back in 2020, in January, it was in back in Mississauga in Toronto at the same rink, actually. And I brought her the day of the free dance and I just had her in the locker room. I just brought her pop-up pen and she was in there and it was pretty funny. Some of the skaters, like she became like, a support dog for everybody else because I think everyone wanted Aww. to like see her, pet her, be with her. Yeah. So it was a fun moment. I've had her at a couple events. Now it gets a little bit harder because we're doing, we're going back to international travel. Yeah. So she won't be able to make those trips and support dogs aren't allowed on certain airlines anymore. So the traveling yeah. with her becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. So how many times have you brought her to the rink and actually brought her out onto the ice? I would say now that she's 26 pounds, she doesn't go onto the ice as often. She enjoys swimming more than skating, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think liquid, not frozen water is more her calling. But I think she's been on the ice maybe two or three times, not too many times. Okay. Just she doesn't quite get it. <laughs> and she's obviously made an impact with the fans whenever yeah, you yeah. bring her out. <laughs> yeah. And how does she, how does, how is she received by everybody else? All the other skaters, your coach, Caroline, event organizers. I think, I mean, the community has been pretty nice and easy and I haven't really had any problems because 
a lot of people met her when she was a puppy like yep. you know actually a lot of skaters and are especially for Canada all have dogs for that same reason like it's a very dog friendly community I uh, yeah. all of Canada's top athletes have dogs usually <laughs> it's quite funny how all of us yeah. have something I think just yeah. having a piece of something outside of skating is really helpful and so scouts loved by everybody and <laughs> I'm so lucky great yeah and I guess as part of the breeze personality you know he's she's kind of a designer dog mm-hmm. a golden doodle Yep. So she's got the best personalities of each of the breeds, which makes her a real great support. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because yeah. in competition, when there's so much stress, boy, a dog can really add some comfort to that and calm, calm your nerves before you have to perform. A little bit. Yeah, there was a, her name is Madeline Skisa. She, she was just at her first world with us in March. And I remember it was like the first time I had met her one of the team leaders for Skate Ontario was like, Piper, I know Scout is here. Like Madeline wants to meet her. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Like just come, like come into the locker room. And she was playing with the dog, petting it. And then all of a sudden I went into the stands and I sat down and I was like watching senior ladies. And so I thought this little girl at the time was, had already competed, blah, blah, blah. I get in the stands and I was like, wait a second. Like she was just downstairs petting Scout and she's, competing like she had it was between her like her five minute warm-up to competing she went and like found scout and like played with her and then went up and competed I was just (laughs) oh my goodness so funny so she's doing her mental run through while she's petting scout well that it's just therapeutic you know you just stroke them they're soft it takes you out of your brain (laughs) oh have you met many of the other skaters pets trying to think well, Kirst, Kirsten Moore Towers has two oh, yeah. little dogs, and I'm not quite sure of the exact breed, but her her partner had one of them, Simon, and I think he got really busy with work and school and blah, 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 and I think he ended up giving Simon to, to Kirsten because she already had her other dog, Lila, I believe. And so now she has, I, I've never met Lila, but I've met Simon. So oh. she's very, also very vocal about how much she loves her dogs and they're all over her social media. So who else? I, I think I met, I met Trent. Trent has a pug. His name is Bilbo. I've met him. We Caitlin to- Osmond has a couple. I've, I've dog oh. sat for Caitlin Osmond and her her dog, Rasket. <laughs> There's so many, yeah, so many. Yeah. So when you go to training camp, Say you go to a training camp in Ottawa, do you get together with the Ottawa skaters and you meet their dogs or hang out with them or, or is it Um, all pretty much business as usual? Most of the time it's just business. If it's something like if I'm just going to Ottawa, it's just a training camp. Like I would probably ask to bring Scout and of course, like if the hotel allows it, I would. Get Canada go out of their way to find a pet friendly hotel for the skaters. Honestly, I'm, I don't think many of us have ever asked. <laughs> oh, I don't think many of us have ever asked. I think you kind of um, have to find out yourself whether the hotel is that friendly. Yeah, I would have to just call and see. But yeah, I don't think I've ever, I've never really taken her to a large event other than like nationals and the smaller events. Um, uh, just because I don't want to be like, ah, like I'm competing at 10 o'clock at night and I'm worrying about when I'm going to take the dog out again. Yeah, you know? that's so, right. yeah. Oh, how so. fun. Yeah. Wow. So she's been a real support to you. Mm-hmm. That's great. She really has. 
Wonderful. Yeah. How old is she now? Uh, she just turned to June 23rd. So I'll, I would have gone, I, it'll, she'll be two years with us, like around August 24th or something. Wow. So, so yeah. Big now. I think she must be full grown. Definitely. Yeah, she's, she's on the couch just lounging. Oh, yeah. There's um, she's full grown now. She's, I think she's like between 26 and 27 pounds, but yeah. never, it was, the dad was like nine pounds and the mom was 30. So it was kind of like, I don't know what size she's going to end up. Yeah. Uh, but the mom was such, it was such a small, petite golden. So we knew she wasn't going to be any bigger than that, but <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, that's just great. Well, thank you so much, Piper, for joining us here on Burlington Humane. It has been a pleasure to talk with you. No problem. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Rev up your motorcycle and join us for Rough Ride, Burlington Humane's motorcycle charity ride. Mark Sunday, September the 19th on your calendar. We will have a scenic run starting at 9.30 at the shelter and a barbecue and refreshments afterwards. Mayor of Burlington, Marianne Mead Ward, will be at the event to start the ride. You can register online at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can find our Rough Ride page under the News and Events tab. Pledge forms and route maps are also available on our website. So, tune up your bike for a day of riding and fun to support the animals of Burlington Humane Rough Ride. Photographing animals is very challenging, but very meaningful. One of Burlington Humane's volunteer photographers is Victoria Swartzel, and I sat down with her to learn more about her passion. I'm here with Victoria Swartzel from After All Photography. Welcome, Victoria, to Burlington Humane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you're a photographer and you photograph animals. I do. I do. I specialize in three different areas, yeah. uh, all types of families made with love. I do commercial branding for small businesses, so headshots, branding photos, product photos. Good. But my, my heart photography, where, where my heart really lies is with my animal work. So I do animal portraits, uh, legacy shoots, sunset shoots, where, you know, near the end of the life of an animal. Uh, and that, okay. that's, where, that's where I really enjoy my time photographing. Wow. So it must be quite challenging 
to photograph animals. I know in the movie industry, they always say it will never work with children or animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, so I'm a mom myself of a toddler, a two-year-old. Yeah. And I actually prefer working with the animals and I find it easier to work with the animals than the little, oh. the little human children, I should say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the techniques that you use to really bring out an animal's personality? Sure. Well, I like before going into a shoot, I like to know as much as I can about an animal. Yeah. And here at the Humane Society, it's been really nice to have some background information from the adoption counselors as to a cat's history, when the, where they have come from, their age. Mm -hmm. I find that very helpful uh, just to know what I'm getting into prior and where the animal's coming from in their background. And, and I should say you're working with yes, Wellington yes, Humane, you're yes. coming in and you're photographing our animals as yes, well. Yes, I'm thrilled to be the photographer here. I absolutely love doing the work and, and helping my work and through the photography, they can find their, I like to say their forever homes yeah. <laughs> and, and the, their families. Your photographs are beautiful. I mean, Thank you. I'm just looking at, you know, some of your photographs now. Tessa was one of our yes. more longer term residents and she just came out beautifully in You know, she put on a show for me. That was actually, Tessa was the first cat I photographed back in March yeah. here. And she was a cat who I walked into the room. She was out of her cage already. She was enjoying some free time. Yeah. And she just knew. She saw my camera and she's like, okay, let's do this. This is my good side. <laughs> let's get my tummy. And she was playful and she was looking right into my camera. And, you know, I, I like to always introduce myself with the animals as well too. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to talk to them both both verbally but both also you know oh, intuitively yeah. and, and they respond to that. They respond. They I really find do. when you're open to that and when you are leading with your heart and wanting to serve with ease and grace that they respond to that and they understand why you're there. Some of them don't want to have their photo taken that day or they might not feel up for it or for whatever reason or maybe more timid or nervous. Mm -hmm. uh, at the Humane Society, it's a little bit different because with an animal like that in a general shoot, I would say, you know what, maybe we do something else or come back a different day. The Humane Society, it's really important to get a photo of these animals, at least just to have something so they are visible on the website, so they're visible on social. Yep. It doesn't have to be the best photo of them out and about, something like Tessa where she's, you know, obviously really enjoying the experience. Yeah. But uh, so something even like where they're in their cage and not quite wanting to come out and socialize quite yet, but just to get some sort of image to capture their beauty yeah. and with the with the animals that are a bit more timid I, I try to you know stroke them if they're wanting or just touch them and show the affection and capture that photo where if they're in their their cage they still see that they love to be touched and they love to be loved and they're still very affectionate just because yeah. they're in their cage and a little bit nervous doesn't mean they're not wanting the love and That's attention right. yeah. yeah and all animals have that beauty and absolutely the challenge is bringing that inner beauty out so absolutely. that everybody can see it yes yes i i'm a visual storyteller with my camera so my job is to tell the story to tell the personality to to try to try and tap into the animal's essence of who they are and you know who what human home would be the best fit for them so mm -hmm. it's getting to know the animal uh, it's taking, it takes a lot of patience. It takes, yes, it, you know, I, I, it takes some time. And sometimes when I come into the Humane Society, I come in for three hour blocks. Sometimes oh. I take 
a couple of photos of a couple of animals. Sometimes I only end up shooting one animal. It really depends on the animal I'm working with and how they are feeling that day, if they are receptive to me being there, if they are having a good day, uh, and you just really kind of going at their pace and, and learning from their energy and just being being open to what they want to experience. Being an animal photographer is really about respecting the animal mm -hmm. uh, and making sure that they are comfortable and they understand why you are there and that we kind of work together. Something like a Tessa where instantly she knew why I was there. Yeah. And some of the cats, I explained a little bit more that I'm here to take your photo. We are going to help to find your home. And you know, this is, this is something I'm helping to do for you. I'm not coming in to invade your space to give you a bad yeah. experience. So it's really special to connect with the animals and each animal is so unique and different yes, that's and they're so in true. their own way. And, and that's what's so exciting and why I love shooting here at the Humane Society, because even within one room, there could be four or five different cats who are opposite ends of the spectrum in yes, terms of yep. energy levels, in terms of shyness, in terms of personality. So you, it's a mixed bag of, of things. No, no, no two animals, whether cats, dogs, horses are, are the same. So I, I really enjoy the uniqueness of yep. each animal. That's great. And you obviously have a very welcoming and calm personality that the animals can sense. Yeah, I, I, th I think it takes some time to, you need to ground yourself first. And there's a lot of work that I try to do to make sure I am entering a space with an animal grounded, balanced, my energy. I, I, I am a very upbeat, go, go, go personality. But when you're working with the animals, I think it's really important just to take a breath and ground yourself. Yes. And yeah, it, it, they, they feel it. They feed off the energy that you bring in. Uh, so as long as you're going in with an open heart and, and just wanting to serve the animals and take that step and take that breath, uh, they're pretty receptive to that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Now here at the Burlington Humane Society, we, miss, we have dogs and cats. Yes. Those are the animals that we work with. Are there other animals that you've photographed? Yes, yes. So I've I have photographed uh, a, a ton of different animals, and I hope to photograph many more. Yeah. Uh, so everything from horses to let's see the birds at the Hamilton Aviary, I've photographed oh. for them. I'm also the photographer at Triple C Farms in Ancaster, which is a therapy and rescue farm. Oh. So there they have everything. They have goats, sheep cows, horses, alpacas, <laughs> wow. ducks, chickens, dogs, cats. I'm oh probably forgetting gosh. a few as well too. So yeah, I, I really enjoy my work there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the horses, photographing the horses, it's a unique challenge to photograph a horse because of their height and because of what you're working okay, with. Yeah. Um, but again, they're, they're fascinating creatures because some of them come right up to me some of them are like, they, they put their noses, which yeah. their snouts, which are like, you know, quite a, like as big as my <laughs> camera, right in there just to, just to see what's going on. Some of them watch me from afar and then they decide when they want to come over to me. Yeah. But they're, they're beautiful, just connecting with a horse and looking into, you feel like you're looking into their soul. Like they're just, they're hard yeah. animals. Mm -hmm. And some livestock, I know cows are very curious. They'll come right over. Yes, yes. Oh, oh it's goodness. it's it's very interesting to see. I I always like when I'm in a, an environment where there's many different animals. I try to take a step back and see who comes to me first, mm, unless it's yeah. a special case scenario or like there's one that needs to be singled out or photographed right away or yeah. something's going on. I I really like to take a step back and see who approaches me. 
who mm-hmm. who is who is interested, who is ready, who's curious, uh, and yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I find it always changes who comes. And of course, I'm sure there are some animals who have a special story who you're there to specifically photograph and you'll want to capture them as well. Yeah, so actually that leads really well into uh, the legacy photo work that I've done. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, so legacy photo shoots are end-of-life photo shoots uh, for animals and their human companions. It can be anything in terms of sunset golden years uh, for uh, animals who are nearing their end of their physical life here before they transition. Mm-hmm. Or uh, in my case, I have also done some legacy shoots where it's the final day of, or during the euthanasia process. Oh, okay, yes. so an animal, you know, to ease its suffering, unfortunately does need to be euthanized humanely, but the owners want to capture that final moment. Yes, yeah. a, a lot a lot of times it's, uh, they want to capture that final day or they realize these circumstances are out of control and happen suddenly. Yes, and they, yeah. they know the animal is sick and the an, it's the animal's time, the animal's mm-hmm. telling the owners and they're aware too. But they realize, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't have memories with this animal. I don't have anything special as yes, humans that's right, to sometimes continue we take for on. Granted well, the that's the thing because as animal people and animal lovers, we all go into finding an animal. And unfortunately, most times we knock on wood that they are the ones to transition before we do. Mm-hmm. And our time with them are so short, at least as this physical animal. Yeah. I do believe that animals come back in different lifetimes in different ways. But in, in this physical moment, as they're here, they they often transition much earlier than we do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very hard reality to, A, you're going through the grief journey already, but realizing you don't have anything physical or tangible to take with you once the animal is no longer physically here. And sometimes it happens very suddenly. It happens very suddenly. Because animals tend to, especially cats, tend to hide their illnesses. Yes. So, yes. you know, it can be quite a shock sometimes when you find out, oh dear, their veterinarian is saying that it's it's time. It's time, or not even the vet, like the animal themselves tell mm. you, and it's ready. Yeah. And so a lot of these phone calls are last minute phone calls. It's yeah. a drop everything, come, we need you today. Uh, it's work that is very difficult and emotional to do, oh, but it imagine. is incredibly meaningful. It's some of my most meaningful work. One shoot stands out in particular at Triple C Farm. Uh, they had a horse. His name was Zeus. Uh, he was he was a rescue horse and he was very sick. It was physically very evident and his body was giving out on him. He was young. He was only 17, which is quite young for mm-hmm. a horse. And unfortunately, it was it was his time and everybody knew and I think he knew as well, too. Uh, I got a call the day before saying, unfortunately, you know, we're we are going to be putting him down. But the owner did not have photos with him. And would you come out to take some photos? Mm. So it was it was a very impactful morning that will always stand out in my mind as a photographer, but also just as a human and that human animal connection. And when I showed up there, just the energy there's 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 a calmness about the morning and Mm. it was it was one of the the most profound shoots because a you had to capture as much as you could because in just hours the horse would no longer physically be here so there the pressure to capture that and to get that but then it that kind of just really subsided because the horse i think understood again why i was there the horse i fully believe knew it was his time as well too and 
the it was beautiful it was just it was tragic but just so beautiful the the amount of love that surrounded this horse so that morning i took photos of the owner with the horse mm -hmm. took some solo shots of the horse himself and i said thank you to him for you know letting me be here and letting me document this and that this was going to be work for his owner that the owner this meant so much to have these photos and then it was it was it was just it was heartbreaking but it was it was just so beautiful because when they let him out to the field uh, and there was a vet on site that came out to do the euthanization. Mm -hmm. There was a, a circle that formed around the horse and everybody on the farm that was there, everybody was in tears, myself included. <laughs> everybody touched the horse and it was almost like this, this final goodbye and this final thank you. And there's one photo in particular that, you know, the horse is looking right at me as I'm photographing and everybody's just kind of touching him, making the semicircle oh. around him just to say, goodbye and thank you and we are here and we love you and this is you know you can go and we are here to support you like a healing circle it was it was it was it was very it was very cathartic it was very i mean it doesn't doesn't make it any easier no. because you're losing again this then this particular horse was very very meaningful for its owner this was her heart animal and it doesn't make it easier but there's something that i mean i think we should all be as lucky to transition being surrounded yeah. by love and being supported and it was it was a very quick passing which again showed that the horse was ready and it was mm -hmm. time and it was just it was beautiful it was really it was really beautiful and I like to think I know when I do these types of sessions those photos are very raw to look at right away but in time um, and I've heard from the owner too just saying that they they were very very special for her yeah what and she'll a really treasure yeah she'll what really treasure it the and they're not always to look at right away uh, especially sure. when oh, you yeah. go through your own grief process yeah. but you know I, I am very grateful to be able to serve the animals and the owners through this and mm -hmm. to capture that and Animal photography for me is all about, not just about the animals, but that, that human-animal bond and connection yeah. and what that relationship looks like. And there's nothing more beautiful than capturing that which goes beyond the words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can't put a word to how we feel with an animal. Yeah. And I have been very unlucky in my life. I currently, my heart animal is my 12-year-old golden retriever. Oh, His name is yes. Casey. And so you just can't put into words what that relationship is and what that experience yeah, cause is. Because they're definitely a part of the family. Yeah, that that's a, we cut this out. That's Casey right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. we're looking at we're looking <laughs> that, at the That's collage. my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> Victorian photographs. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Now, when you do photographs for for people, do you go to their homes? Do they come to your studio? How does that work? Sure, uh, I'm a lifestyle and documentary photographer as well as a portrait photographer. So I like to work with natural light. I like to be outside. Okay. I like to be outside. Sometimes the humane societies. <laughs> We're very lucky here, actually, yeah. because we have the facility is gorgeous. There's lots of natural light that comes in, mm -hmm. and yes, the, a our lot animal of the rooms are very bright. They're very. Yeah. I, you know, I I had never been in such a well kept society before, and oh, it was. It, it's you can you can feel the love in the walls here, and it was built for love. We're very. I'm very lucky for a photographer because we have lots of bright light that comes in through the windows, mm -hmm. and the cages are also 
white as well too yep. i'm looking at this photo here and yes. they photograph even if the cat again is timid or a little bit nervous they photograph beautifully within their spaces uh, but no i prefer to shoot outdoors oh. i prefer to shoot in the evenings when the light is softer oh, okay. people are a little bit more relaxed as well fine too yeah. at the end of the day but really it's around if i'm doing an animal session i like to ask in terms of what does the animal's day look like when does the animal have the most energy when are they calmer and i can be flexible around them as well too especially mm -hmm. with the senior pets and especially with the the older guys as well yeah. too you you want to you want to be you want to go along with their day and their routines as well too Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, if people want to contact you and have a photo session, how yes. can they reach you? Absolutely. Uh, so I am on Instagram. My username is After All Photo. Uh, I'm, my website as well, too, is uh, AfterAllPhotography.com. And can people go to your website and have a look at some of your work? Yes, absolutely. On my website, I have an animal page that has information about all of my animal sessions, uh, my portfolio, and an opportunity to contact me. I absolutely love to connect and hear from all different types of animal lovers, whether it's a, a puppy shoot, a puppy has just come into your home. Oh. <laughs> if you have a pandemic animal that you've welcomed the last little yeah, bit, but yeah. haven't had a chance to capture, uh, you know, photographing children and animals are also very, very special. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, my my true my true heart work lies in the the older the older animals near mm -hmm. near the end and just photographing and and it's a way to say thank you to their their human and you know the human to give thanks as well to their to their animal and of course the the legacy sessions. Yeah, mm -hmm. so special. Yeah, thank you. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Victoria, for joining us here at Burlington okay. Humane. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>
nohotpets.ca. And now it's time for news and events. In response to the COVID-19 advisories, we have restricted our access to Burlington Humane by the general public. Guests are no longer able to drop into Burlington Humane unannounced. Access to our shelter is now by appointment only. We are trying to limit access to keep everyone safe. Rev up your motorcycle and join us for Rough Ride, Burlington Humane's motorcycle charity ride. Mark Sunday, September 19th on your calendar. We'll have a scenic run starting at 9.30 at the shelter and a barbecue with refreshments afterwards. The Mayor of Burlington, Marianne Mead Ward, will be at the event to start the ride. You can register online at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can find our Rough Ride page under the News and Events tab. Pledge forms and route maps are also available on our website. So tune up your bike for a day of riding and fun to support the animals at Burlington Humane's Rough Ride. These are challenging times for Canadian charities, including Burlington Humane Society. As you can imagine, we have been hit hard during this crisis. We rely completely on donations, but unfortunately they have been down the last few months. We have also had to cancel all of our fundraising events due to the crown and physical distancing restrictions. If you are able to make a financial donation, it would be greatly appreciated. Any and all donations are a big help and will ensure that we continue support and operation of Burlington Humane. Are you prepared to help your pet in the event of an accident? What will you do until you can get them to the veterinarians? Burlington Humane is proud to offer Walks and Wags Pet First Aid course. Walks and Wags Pet First Aid are national leaders in pet first aid and have the longest standing pet first aid course in Canada. It has earned the stamp of approval from Animal Wellness, North America's top animal wellness magazine. This hands-on live practical gives you the skills and confidence to deal with illness and emergencies. The 10 hour course deals with how to prevent injuries, early signs of illness and poisoning, bandaging and splinting techniques, emergency medical conditions, choking, artificial respiration and CPR, and much, much more. Upon su successful completion, you'll receive a certificate valid for three years. Our next Pet First Aid course is November 14th. Go to our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca for more information. Pet First Aid. November 14th here at Burlington Humane. We have changed the way we are doing things at Burlington Humane. We have reduced our hours at Burlington Humane. Our hours are now Tuesday, 
Thursday and Saturday between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Be sure to stay informed about all the animals that are available for adoption. We are currently featuring daily videos of our available animals. We're also doing virtual room tours of our animal rooms. Be sure to subscribe to our social media pages to watch these videos. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Videos of our animals can also be found on our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Stay informed and up to date with Burlington Humane. The City of Burlington has a mandatory indoor mask requirement. And as such, all of our volunteers, staff, and guests must wear masks at all time while visiting Burlington Humane. All guests are required to bring their own mask. However, we do have reusable masks on hand, which we ask our guests to return at the end of each visit. We also have face shields for those guests who are not able to wear a mask for medical reasons. Burlington Humane Kids Club is back in virtual format. Children between the ages of 8 and 12 will learn about cats and dogs and how to take care of them. Plus, we will have guest speakers from the animal welfare field. Go to our website to register. BurlingtonHumane.ca and join Burlington Humane Kids Club. To find the latest information about events, ways to make a donation, the animals that are up for adoption, and much more, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to stay in touch and up to date with Burlington Humane. She's there for you when work is stressful. She's there for you when life is hard. She's there for you when you need a friend. Be there for her. Register for Pet First Aid today. The next course is November 14th here at Burlington Humane. Well, that's it for this episode of Burlington Humane the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. I want to thank our guests, Canadian Olympic figure skater Piper Gillis and photographer Victoria Swartzel of After All Photography. Be sure to subscribe to Burlington Humane on iTunes. 
We are located at 740 Griffith Court in Burlington, Ontario. You can visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca or give us a call at 905-637-7325. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. My name is Doug. We'll see you next time on Burlington Humane. Bye-bye. My society. My society. Burlington Humane is my society.